0: Diving into data. Diving. Di- diving. D d d data. Diving into data. With TC Riley. Hello, hello, hello again, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Diving Into Data. I am your host, TC Riley, but we're all friends here. Why don't you call me Big Data? That's what they started calling me around the office here and Uh, If you ever met me in person, you know why big? I'm a rather large human being. If you ever listened to the show or heck ever talked with me, you probably know why data because that's all I talk about is data. So big data is what they call me. Why don't we uh, maybe we'll rebrand the show diving in with to data with big data has a nice little roll to it. Anyway, Excited for an awesome episode with you guys here this week What we're titled in this week's episode is it takes a village So what we're going to be talking about is the community aspect and why it takes a village To really have successful data operations within a company and what that means So we're going to dive into that really excited about this episode uh, With that, why don't you sit back, relax, grab a drink if you choose to do so Let's dive into some data Alrighty. So it takes a village before I get started. As always, I do have, uh, some sources and actually this time it's just a singular source. Almost everything I'm talking about today was from a really, really, really good article I found. Um, this is actually from Forbes. If you've listened in the past, you know, they've done a number of different, uh, brand voice kind of partnership sponsorship type things with some companies, um, talked about Teradata one that they've done in the past that had some really good information. And this week I found a great one with their Tableau brand voice partnership. Um, called the case for data communities. So again, this is the case for data communities from the fine folks at Forbes and Tableau. Um, that really is a singular, uh, focus today. And the reason for that is, as I was reading this article, um, it's one of those articles that has lots of little sections, almost a lot of little mini stories within it. And nearly every one of them to me just really, really hit the spot. I, 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 found myself not only learning a lot from this, but also like jumping up and down saying, yes, absolutely. That's so true. So um, it's so good. I really just kind of want to walk through that article today, talk through the components, um, maybe add a little context as what we see here at Market Scale, what I've seen personally and professionally, but really, really good article. Definitely encourage you um, go check it out after you listen to the episode or heck, if you're sitting there on your computer, maybe pull it up right now, glance through it, get a preview of what today's show is going to be about. But Again, what we're talking about is it takes a village in the data community, everything that goes into a successful data. And we're just really going to break it down again. I thought the way that they broke it down, the article was really good. So we're going to follow a similar pattern. And the first little section we're going to tell you must immerse. So having we've discussed in the past how the integration of data with a company is so, so important. Um, far too often data is kind of seen in this silo as this department over here that you send things to and they send back, and we don't really talk with them. They just, you know, they do a lot of stuff members over there. Um, we've talked before how you can't do that. You really need to integrate them into the team um, and how important that is. And this is almost a little bit of a different uh, take on that same exact point. And that is that it's important for nearly everyone in your company to know about data and to be data literate. And while it's great for us to say that that's important, isn't entirely realistic all the time. No, probably not if we're being totally honest, but we still can strive for that. And we can still really work on increasing the data literacy of the entire company. Again, not just a data department, but everyone being uh, knowing how to use data and understanding data, the data department potentially helping people get there. But really, it's everyone who's data literate who loves data and wants to use data in their role. Um and something that's kind of, uh, that I've, I've heard and I've experienced personally is, and I don't know a better way to say this, but not everyone wants to know how the sausage is made. Um, and that's okay. When we're talking about immersion and data, we don't necessarily mean that we need every single person in the company, um, to, you know, uh, clean up their R and Python skills, know how to really write SQL queries really quick, know how your database operates. We're not necessarily talking about there, um, what you need to be able to do is you need to be able to understand functionally how to use data in your company, however that may be, Um, how to functionally access, how to uh, really understand exactly what you need to, uh, what data you have, what data you need, what data um, you need to include in your decisions. You need to have this general context when you have that you're going to uh, get much, much further than if you are just spitting um, things over to a data department and expecting results. If you understand, again, how the sausage is made, how the results came to be and how you can access it. It's not just enough to understand the results. You have to understand how the results are made. Um, And that's where these data communities come in. And the whole theme of data communities this isn't like you know a, a neighborhood where everything runs on numbers though that would be really cool now that I think about it anyway what it is is it's really a network of engaged data users within an organization ideally maybe that's your entire organization if not okay well it's still a network of engaged users within your organization across multiple roles across multiple departments at different leadership levels or executive levels uh, it's a community up and down throughout it's a subset of your company this data community and and the company really, they're, they're, their whole role in this is creating a foundation and a framework for success. Access and support are definitely important, um, but so is building enthusiasm. Um, being able to do things like have lunch and learns, gamify things, have competitions. Um, this is something that, again, I, I learned from this cause I started thinking through back when I first started at market scale, the first year or so, um, I did a lot of lunch and learns actually specifically around Excel. It's something I used a ton in my past. I know Excel really, really well. Um, probably better than I ever wanted to know Excel, but I do know it well. And we had a lot of folks internally who I realized were doing things that either, we're doing it really, really difficult way using Excel, or they just weren't using Excel. I remember one particular employee, um, I walked over and I noticed they had this massive stack of post-it notes and I was like, Hmm, that's weird. When I looked, it looked like almost like a running total or something like that. It just looked like numbers, you know, yeah, there's a, a, a top line number, um, a couple, you know, like a hundred, 300, 600 added in. Um, and then they were summed at the bottom. And then the next piece of paper started with that number in other editions. And I asked him, like, what is this? And it was – I don't even remember exactly what they were tracking. I want to say it was um, something tied to, like, uh, content creation or something like that. But it said, well, this is how I keep count of everything, and this is how I log every day, um, how many of these things happen. And I kind of looked like, you do that on sticky notes? Why not, like, Excel or, heck, even a Word doc would work for that. But why not, like, Excel and then just have it, like, auto-sum everything and make it much easier? They didn't know how to use Excel. They never used Excel. They were kind of scared of Excel. So I was able to show them like 30 seconds. Hey, just enter the value here, you know, date here, bam, bam, autofill, you dropped, you have all your dates, enter any of the values you have here. And then here, here's your running total. And they're like, Oh, this is so much easier. And yeah. And rather than doing this now, when someone asked, Hey, a month ago, what was that rather than counting 30 sticky notes as you flip back and hope that you have the right one, no, you just go reference a row in your data table. Anyway, all that to be say, I, I really enjoyed those lunch and learn because um, I was able to actually educate people on, even though it wasn't a data function necessarily, um, it was what, well, you know, Excel's a data tool, you could say in a way. Actually, yeah, da- Excel definitely is a data tool. It's probably the most important data tool. I'm not going to undersell Excel, it's awesome. Um, And I haven't done enough of that. I haven't done enough lunch and learns. I haven't done enough competition. So I'm immediately turning in my head right now. I'm starting to start some things to really get people engaged again, because you got to kind of make it fun. You got to make it engaging. You got to build enthusiasm. It's not just enough. We're going to talk plenty about the access and support components, the um, that we'll call them the technical, you know, rigid components that do need to be in place for something like this to work. But I, 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 the reason I'm starting here is because I want to emphasize enthusiasm and community and the components of that, um, whatever you can do. And if you can really build this enthusiasm, if you can drive users to really understand where the data is, how to access it, what we do have, what we don't have, what the best way to look at that thing is. If you're able to do that, it enables your team to be proactive when they can to react very, very quickly. Um, It it avoids this reactionary delayed result that maybe sometimes people um, subconsciously associate with data that it has to come at the end. It has to be done by someone else. I'm going to have to wait for a report or a finding. And by the time I get that. I better hope that we're doing this all again because it's kind of too late to impact at this time. No, uh, let them be proactive. Let them you know, uh, analyze things on the fly as a project or whatever it may be is underway so that they're able to immediately react and guide a better decision instead of just being like, oh, well, we should have done that. Okay. If we ever do this again, we'll do that. So Again, create those uh, data communities and make sure that it's built upon a culture of enthusiasm and enjoy of what this is going to be able to unleash. But it is 2020. Um, many of you are probably still working from home, so it is worth noting, okay, well, how do I do a data community in the work from home world? Uh, maybe this is easier if you can pull everyone into the lunchroom and talk for 20 minutes or you can go walk around and meet with people and have these data users. But I would argue that this isn't even really a challenge. Uh, there's nothing uh, just like you can communicate with your team and your company. Um, I don't think I know anyone who's been working from home from nine months without any contact with anyone. They've just been kind of flying solo and, you know, they're all going to join back up next year once all the vaccines are out and everything's good to go here, hopefully in a couple months and then pretend like, okay, now we're going to start communicating again. No, you're communicating every day. It doesn't need to be face to face contact. Um, you can do things like starting uh, the one recommendation I'd really have here, start like a data all stars or data group kind of, you know, chat. If you guys have teams or Slack or whatever it may be, start a channel um, for the people that are already in this data community and who are already kind of practicing these things as you grow. So make sure you have that centralized communication. And there's no reason that it can't be just as effective as if you're in person. Um, I will note that it probably is easier, as you probably see with a lot of your communication components, that If there's not the physical presence, it can be easier to forget about things. It can be easier to kind of drift away and forget about initiatives, especially if we're talking about building data communities across multiple organizations or multiple parts of your organization, I should say. This isn't necessarily inherently someone's job to really keep up with this. You know, I'm working in account management, let's say. Uh, I, I need to focus on accounts. And that's really what I get dialed into. And especially if we from home, it can be uh, even easier to really just get kind of laser focused and dialed in, put the blinders on on anything that's not this. But if you have those kind of channels, if you're able to really, uh, you know, open them up and again, encourage them from a leadership or a company perspective to maintain engagement in this data community, it can work just as well in a work from home environment as it can from an easy office. Um, again it's take strategy effort this isn't just going to happen though and it's worth acknowledging that something like a data community is not is very unlikely that it's just naturally going to form and you're going to find yourself like having everyone talk about data all the time trust me i, I that'd be cool if it did um, but even i as the most probably you know data person here at the company or one of the most data centric people here at market scale, even i have a tendency to sometimes forget about some of these things if i don't really push it so um one little person, anecdote again what i've actually seen um, is that if 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 you don't kind of consistently remind people, um, they tend to forget. And we're specifically talking about using data. It's very easy to fall back on instincts and gut. Um, That's what a lot of people do. We've talked about how there's a time and a place for that, and that data and gut feelings can be absolutely used in unison. But people tend to go entirely gut if you don't kind of really uh, establish this routine um, and you kind of continuously support and push it. So it's not just going to happen, but it's not that much of a challenge. So what I'm telling you is don't forget about it. Don't let your team forget about it, but also don't pretend like it's impossible just because you happen to be remote. Everything you're probably doing with data is electronic anyway. It's on your laptop, it's on your computer. So uh, just make those communication methods there as well. Again, open up that Slack channel, open up that Teams, whatever the case may be. Um, find a place to uh, connect all the people in your little data community that you're building and ensure that you may you know kind of support and encourage and maintain activity there. Don't let it fall off so one of the things specifically in the story that we saw, this great article was they had a little side piece about JPMC um, and their data community story. And there was a couple little interesting facts in there. Um, but the one thing they had was three specific tips for their experience. And I thought these were actually all really, really good tips, tips that I'd share with you and that I would encourage you to keep in mind if you're trying to build this data community or heck, maybe you already have this data community, which would be awesome. Maybe you're just trying to maintain it, make it even better. The first is encourage learners to develop skills with any kind of data. I think this is so, so, so important. This is really, uh, if I'm being totally frank, this is the reason I wanted to include this is because I wanted to hit on this point. Encourage people to develop skills with any kind of data. If you've listened to the show before, you know there's probably one theme um, regarding data or one, maybe you call it industry or focus that I talk about more than just about anything else or I relate back to a lot, and that is sports. I am a sports nut. I don't know why I love sports so much. I don't know why I let it influence my attitude and stuff so much. My wife would tell you that's kind of a pain point at times. Anyway, um, but I love sports. You know how I first really got into data? Sports. I was doing, I played sports growing up. Um, I loved watching professional sports as I, you know, really kind of transitioned into college and all kind of dropped off with the playing outside of recreationally, um, and started to focus more on the education future career. What I realized is one of the things I did, uh, I enjoyed most was looking up stats, especially around football and basketball, um, really diving into numbers, um, started playing things like daily fantasy football, um, and things like that, where you kind of, if you were able to, access or find access and comprehend data. it kind of gave you a leg up. and that's when I really started to realize like how much I love data and how much I love being a part of it. Um, and all this to say, help people understand that data can be used for personal interest. This doesn't have to all be business and role specific things. Yes there uh, there are certain components within the business and what we're going for with this data community is eventually having everyone apply these to the workforce but if you're having trouble kind of getting buy in i can understand why uh, you know maybe whatever you're focused on at work isn't that that interesting or that that you know exciting to you for whatever reason hopefully you have a job you love as much as i love mine and that's not the case but it might be you never know so uh, but everyone has personal interests, hobbies, whatever you want to call them. And if you help them understand, again, I'm not saying tell them to go home. And if they love cooking, start develop some algorithm around cooking. No, no, no. Just start thinking and taking a data centric approach to cooking, um, logging the different, you know, uh, trying different variations of ingredient measurements. I don't know. Um, and putting them in, you know, the pie you're baking or whatever it may be and writing those down, recording the data, um, getting feedback and having actually some qualitative and quantitative data around that hobby or activity can kind of help you get engaged with how data is helping you make better informed decisions. And if you're doing it completely separate, maybe from your professional role, maybe it's easier for you to kind of have that light bulb moment um, again that I had using it with sports where, wow, this data stuff's really cool. And it really helps me make more informed decisions and better choices and uh, this can be really, really helpful. And so, if you're able to make that connection again, I think that's a great tip, especially for anyone who struggles to get data, or frankly, maybe just doesn't have that much interest in data if we're being totally transparent. So, definitely a great one there to develop it with any kind of data. Their second tip was not everyone will have a mountaintop, will reach the mountaintop, and that's okay. This is also absolutely true. There's gonna be different results, there's gonna be different levels of adoption, different development of skills. And that doesn't necessarily you know, equate to success or failure inherently. Just because you can't get everyone to be incredibly data-centric and love this stuff and really participate doesn't mean that it wasn't a success. No, it can absolutely be a success for different levels. If, you, if people are getting engaged, maybe they don't quite, again, reach that mountaintop, whether that's a technical skill or an enthusiasm, whatever it may be. Not everyone might get there, but you can still move the needle. You can still get people further than they are today. You can still encourage people. And I'd, I'd say that I, my guess is actually you'd be surprised at how many people um, do really adopt this and kind of get into it once they understand it, once they're able to connect it to something that matters to them um, and then kind of translate that to how they would apply it in a business setting. So uh, it, not everyone reaching the mountaintop is not a success or failure inherently, and that's okay. I would say really the only failure here would be not trying and not being able um, – Uh, Not setting uh, the stage for people to be able to experience these things and develop these skill sets. So another and their third point here is sharing must be included in the design. Um, Focus on the community, focus on the community aspect of this. I can tell you from personal experience, it's a lot more fun when you do some type of data analysis or you get some insight from data. Again, maybe we're talking business, maybe we're talking personal, doesn't matter. But whenever you get that insight and you have people to share it with, it's so much better than you just being able to say, aha, this is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's great. And hopefully you have those light bulb moments and you're enjoying that. Um, but That's not really uh, going to encourage people to get more. Now you go again, get that Slack channel that you guys set up or whatever it is and go share. Hey, this doesn't really relate to work, but I I was really kind of proud. And I think it's so cool that I use data in this way in my personal life Um, and and support them and be a community. Oh, that's really cool. Hey, I should try that. That's awesome. You know, oh, I I don't bake, but uh, I do run a dog walking business. I'm going to start collecting data on the dogs. I walk or whatever. It doesn't matter. Focus on the community and the communal aspects will naturally feed into more and more and more of this engagement, people caring more and more, enjoying it more and more. righty, The next topic, as we move past the JPMC story as well? These is great. You keep talking about all these things, but how do I do it? So the number of topics here, this is a little bit more, obviously business pertinent. This isn't necessarily getting the community adoption, but this is more on, okay, now how do we take this data community and how does this impact my business? And what do we, how do I do this within the business framework? Um, The first one is focusing on business needs. You got to get initial buy-in by showing how data makes their job role, um, whatever it may be, easier, better, more fulfilling, able to get better results. You got to be able to show them success. You got to get that initial buy them. A buy-in, pardon me. Um, and you got to get them to understand the competitive edge it gives them. Maybe it's you know you as a company against your competitors. Maybe it's them against a coworker who's not really into the data community and not really interested in this. Um, but focus on the business need aspect again. If uh, it, we've removed the personal lens from this, we're really just talking about within your business. Um, so focus on those business needs. The second one, empower existing data leaders. This is really really important too. Um, almost certainly there's already people who are using data effectively in your company. Maybe it's a ton of people. um, You're going to have a big community to start. Maybe it's only one or two people. And maybe it's not even people who use it a ton in their job, but maybe um, they've displayed uh, data competency or an interest in data in some other way. Um, Fuel those. Those people should be your internal cheerleaders, your promoters. Um, Capitalize on those people that are already um, again, at least excited about this. This doesn't mean data leader in terms of technical skill. It means data leader in terms of enthusiasm. Get that person to kind of help you lead the charge because the more buy-in you get, the more people like you that you get, the better off you're gonna be and the more excited that you're gonna be. The third one is treat the community like a strategic investment. You're only gonna see significant results if this data community effort is properly supported. If you just kind of say, hey, you guys should go do this and then step away and let it just happen. 99% of the time that thing's just going to fall flat it's going to fizzle out you're going to go back in 3 months and say how's it going everyone's going to look around and say Oh yeah, we haven't, uh, we haven't done anything with that. If you don't support it and whatever that entails, again, whether that is you know financial support, technical support, um, support for the employees from a time perspective and being able to do this, whatever it is, it's going to be much more likely to flop if you don't support it. So make sure you treat it like a strategic investment if you're a business, because it is, and you're going to see the benefits long-term if you invest in this data community mindset within your company. Another one, promote participation at every level this is again. You need leadership buy-in, or lower levels are going to lose interest. If you if this is something that your only entry-level employees are really participating in, this there's still some good things there. There can still be some community there. But I guarantee you, if they see like an executive doing this, or you know their boss's boss is now participating in this and they're really enjoying it, again, whether it's more business or more personal, it doesn't really matter. Um, when you see that kind of stuff, what you're going to do is you're going to be able to uh, get those people to realize that this does matter and see a path forward. And heck, maybe give them a little incentive that, Hey, the, you know, the big dogs up here are using data. I really need to be too. The last point Adopt a data literacy framework. So you need to actually establish a framework of what is truly required in your organization to be data literate and what that means. Um, I was mentioned that this could be very specific to your company. It should be based on the tools and the skill sets that are required for whatever you guys do. Again, we've done we do a lot of like marketing type KPIs. We're a media and education company here at MarketScale, so um, uh, marketing KPIs are important. And those, those are something, if someone's gonna be data literate at market scale, they need to have some idea of what, you know, let's call it Google analytics data. Generally, let's just say, uh, summarize it like that. So if you leave it, um, to kind of wishwashy about what is data literate, what isn't, well, I could argue that that person I taught how to use a sum function in Excel. If we say that's data literate, is that really going to move the bar? Yeah, maybe it moved the bar for that person, but are we really going to make a you know major impact on our organization? Eh, it's probably not likely. And the last little story I am going to hit on here um, is data collaboration and data harmony. Two other topics that they hit on in this article. Um, with data collaboration, you gotta. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into this, but uh, if you get too into the data. It can lead to an issue. Wait, what, what do you mean by that? You're telling me we should be using data. Um, you. How does that make sense? Well, if you're getting too, too much into the data itself and not thinking about the impact, again, this is a theme we've talked about over and over and over before there you're probably going to lose out. If you have too many places to look, if you have too much data, if you have too many dashboards, whatever it may be, if you're not focused on, again, the organizational impact, the transformation of the business, and that's the ultimate goal of all of this is we're going to make your company and your business better, your department, whatever it is better. Don't get too, 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 too bogged into the details. Um, We do have personal experiences here at MarketScale. I, in the past as a data leader at MarketScale, haven't always done the best job of focusing on the impact and transformation. Sometimes I get too caught up in the metric or the dashboard or whatever it is. And I have to remind myself that that's just a means to an end. The reason we're doing this is because we need to understand X better. And the reason we need to understand X better is because we need to be better about Y as a company, which is going to help us grow. It's going to help sales grow. It's going to help you know more revenue, whatever the, the end goal is there. Um, think about the organizational impact and transformation and don't get too bogged down in the details. Um, If you enable and teach these skills and access, um, you teach on impact and the true goal of this. When you see all this and you kind of put all this together that we're discussing, I promise you, you're going to see results. But if you get too siloed, if you get too, too, too bogged down data, if you try and get too technical with people that maybe are not overly data literate from the start, you're taking the wrong approach and you're going to frankly scare more people away than you are kind of encourage them to participate in the community. And the last one, which I think is, again, goes right with data collaboration, is data harmony. Um, and that is really kind of bringing data together with useful insights and the abilities to understand where the impact is going to be found. Um, an example they used in this article, actually, I was really clever. I never thought of it, was caller ID. Caller ID is not new data. Um, but it's considered a like, a, you know, a major advancement in the data world. And you're like, well, you're not generating new data when someone call, has a caller ID. No. But what you're doing is you're making it accessible and you're making it useful. So because of a caller ID, I can quickly look at my phone when I'm receiving a phone call, understand who's calling me um, and decide, frankly, whether I want to answer or not. I'm making the data accessible and useful. Um, by enabling that caller ID. So uh, again, you want to bring it together uh, again to get this organizational impact, focus on that. And when you bring all these components together, whether it's different parts of the business, whether it's different people developing their skill sets, what you're going to kind of try and rely on what the hallmarks of this data harmony are, are a virtuous cycle of input and output. Um, So what that really boils down to um, something that's incredibly important, I think, is don't let an an, uh, analysis or some type of data exercise be a, you go from A to B and then you're done. No, it should be a cycle. It should go back. So every every data insight that you find should make a change in your organization. Again, something that actually impacts the organization. And when you do that, it's going to produce new data for you, new data points. Maybe it's entirely new data points. Maybe it's just a new set or subset of the data that you already had that is going to give you more to analyze. And that new analysis is going to lead to another impact, which is going to lead to more data and more analysis. It's this big cycle that keeps going around and around and around make data this continuous cycle. Don't let data and insights be a, you know, a kind of a straight line that has a start and an end, make it go back and forth, back and forth and keep on going. Second hallmark, really, if you're kind of seeing this data harmony is data workflows reflect how people work. That's another thing we, I personally struggle with. Sometimes I get so into the data that I think, uh, if we want to go extreme here, you look at something and you think, ah, well, the optimized way of doing this is X. Well, is X reasonable? Is X actually going to work? Is it is X even relevant to how this is actually happening in our company? If the answer is no, there, then you're going to have a lot of issues because the data workflow really needs to kind of go with how people work. It needs to make sense. It needs to tie in with how things actually are in your business. Um, you can almost say this ties in a little bit back when I say that you don't always go on gut feeling, but gut feeling is important. That inherent um, kind of institutional knowledge is important. Well, that ha- you have to set up data frameworks and build your data community and have this data harmony all around the fact that people do have workflows and they do things in certain ways and while you can impact those, you can't ignore those. You have to acknowledge those and make sure that you're really using those and it helps. And the last hallmark of data harmony here, insights are easy to consume. Again, another one. I encourage dashboards and things like that, but dashboards sometimes maybe uh, that can be more destructive than constructive when we're talking about here. We have to set up a system where with this data harmony, the insight's easy to consume. Again, I look at my cell phone and it immediately tells me this is a spam caller. It's this person or it's that person, whatever it may be in their caller ID example. If I had to get a call and I had to go to some other system and I had to quickly look up a phone number and register that, ah, it's my you know wife calling. Okay, I want to answer. That's not easy to consume. No one's ever going to use that. But if you make it easy to consume, if you make these insights a very natural part of their day, a natural part of their Workflow. A uh, again, a, a the specific example I'll give that we use here is a dashboard or a widget around the office they could glance at every time they walk to get a you know a glass of water or run to the restroom or something. If you make it very easy to consume, people are much more likely to continue to go back and back and back to it. And again, that's just kind of human nature. So we were all over the place a little bit here again following this, but all of the points today I think were so so critical. Um, thank you so much to uh, the folks at uh, Forbes and Tableau who came out with this. I think there's really a transformative for a lot of people. If they really were to adapt this again, go check out the article, go look it up, go to Forbes.com. It's easy to find. Um, and I'll kind of summarize it by this. Again, we started with, it takes a village. And what we mean by that is it takes company support. It takes a data community. It takes leadership participation. It takes structure. It takes people caring. It takes commitment. It does take a village, but it's absolutely possible. And if you really follow these, you take some of these lessons to heart, you think about these and you encourage the use of data throughout the company and don't just silo it again, avoid that silo mentality. I promise you that your business is going to be transformed. You're going to move forward as a personal, you know, in your personal and professional life and as a company, because of what you've been able to create, what you've been able to unlock that, uh, that, that growth hack is use data and build that data community. Thank you guys again so much for joining us today. It's been another episode of diving into data with big data. Yeah, we're signing off like that now. That's right. Hope you guys take it easy and we will talk to you again soon. See ya.